have to be obedient unto God. So if you've heard it before, that's okay. Maybe this is not for you, but for somebody, this is for. So I'm going to be coming out of the book of Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. And I'm going to be reading the first 10 verses. Please pray with me as I do what God has called me to do. Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning with the first verse. And it reads, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, they were very, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord, God, you know. And again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, I, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them and lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. You may be seated. From this here scriptural, scripture, all right, there's a title, A Revival in the Valley. A Revival in the Valley. Let us pray. Lord, in your holy and your righteous name, remove Randy out of the way. 
hide me behind your Shekinah glory. And Heavenly Father, as you pull me up, I pray the Lord God that the people here would also get caught up to a Heavenly Father that we would be able to see much more clear what you are saying here in your word. Heavenly Father, let your will be done right now. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. A revival in the valley. When I looked at that word revival, I looked at the first portion of it, revive. When you revive something, it means that something has happened to it. When you go to the hospital and they want to revive a human being, there has been some death that has come in to where they need to be revived. Here in the scriptures, we find that the prophet Ezekiel was the watchman over Israel. Ezekiel had mentioned to the children of Israel about the things that were about to take place because of their sins. Israel, like many of us, they had hard-hearted. They were worshiping some idol gods. There was also leaders that were doing things that were wrong, and God has showed a lot of these things unto Ezekiel. Ezekiel here in the first verse, he was very upset, not with the Lord, but because of the things that Israel had done. They were disobedient people. They had began to do things that were not pleasing unto God. They were doing things that were detestable unto God. God was not pleased with Israel's doings. I'm reminded, and, and God has showed me even myself, a lot of times we, we may look at, at, at Israel, but sometimes we have to also look at ourselves because we ourselves are not so far removed because we have done some of the same things. And when God showed me myself, he brought me back to a time in my life where I thought that I was taking a vacation. And the truth be known, as I be transparent before you, I was taking a vacation also away from the Lord. I began to do some things that were not pleasing unto God. God was not part of the things that I was doing. I found myself on a sea out there in South Carolina, and the person that was there had commanded us not to go out there by the bungees. But me thinking that I'm Gilligan, I was in a sailboat, and I set off a sail. And as I set off a sail, caught up in doing my own thing, the things that made me feel good, the waters began to take me far away from the land where I should have been. God began to show me that the things that I began to enjoy was taking me further away from him. I had gotten so far away to where those back on the land became very small. I was way out there. Not knowing when I started off that I was going to end up into that place. That's the same thing that happened even unto 
Israel. Sometimes these things that we make gods in our lives take us away from God. God wanted Israel. These were his chosen people. We were made to worship him. When I look back into the scriptures, back into Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, that's when God created man. He breathed into them the breath of life. But what happened from Genesis up here to the book of Ezekiel? What took place? Not only in Israel's life, but what took place in our lives from the time that he set us free to the time we started to do on our own things and following some and worshiping some idol gods, things that pulled us away from God. I looked here and, and, and when I began to, to read here in the word, I thought of even Pastor Venice who continues to labor himself to preach to us the people, what thus says the Lord. And we even ourselves come short of God's glory. We have allowed things to come into our lives that pull us away from Christ. Ezekiel in, in, in verse 2 says, Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. I've got this here mic on me, but if I step outside and I begin to go down into Madisonville, it will lose its power because I've become too far away. If you have a light and you have it plugged into a wall and you begin to pull that lamp away from the wall, you can only go but so far. If that is true in that situation, it's also true in the spiritual realm. When you pull away from God, you become disconnected. You have no power. You have no life. Life is in Christ Jesus. Joy is in Christ Jesus. But we lose all of our joy because we have pulled ourselves away from where we need to be plugged into. It ain't that God has left us, but we have left God. He has been there all the time. And he's wanting us to come back to our first love. He's wanting us to come back to the heart of worship. He's wanting us to get rid of those things that have beset us, those things that have become blockages in our lives. He's wanting us to get rid of those things to where he can be the only true God in our life. We serve a jealous God. He's not going to fight for room in your life. You're either going to be for him or you're going to be against him. You can't have it both ways. You can't serve man and serve God. You're either for him or you're against him. And if God has truly been good to you, and if God has truly brought you from a mighty long way, if God has truly woke you up this morning, if God has put some food on your table, if God has been a doctor in that in the hospital room, if God has been that bridge over troubled waters, what happened? 
What happened? We find that the children of Israel, I remember that when they even got brought out of some bondage, but yet they continued to serve just those idol gods. They continued to worship those idol gods. So there's a similarity of Israel and we, the people today. Nothing has changed. People are doing the same old thing. I can't come and serve the Lord because I feel too comfortable right where I'm at. I can't serve the Lord because these things that are in my life, I've got to be able to maintain them. Yes, Israel may have built some images, but we have also created some images. So we are no different than what they are. But thanks be to God for his grace and his mercy. His grace and his mercy that he looked beyond all of our faults and he seen our needs. I'm so glad that he did not give up on me. As I was out there by the bungees and all things could have taken place, I could not have blamed God because of my ignorance. My ignorance. But he allowed me to come back to safety, to where he was at. And I didn't know that here today that I was going to be standing before you because rightfully so, those sea animals could have taken me out back there. But God, mercy, and his grace. He said, Randy, I ain't done with you yet. There's still something for you to do. I got some people here at New Mission that need to hear the word today. I need you to come on back home. And as I found my way back home, as I found my way back to the land, I'm not saying that I've been right all the time. I still had done some things wrong, but I knew who I can go to. The children of Israel, they, as, as Ezekiel had preached the word unto them. It says here in verse 5, that thus says the Lord, well, but let me get back to verse 4. And again, it said to be prophesied to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. But I like what it also said in the third verse. He asked Ezekiel a question. He said, son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel's response to him, oh, Lord God, you know. Lord, you know, because the cattle on a thousand hills belong to you. You created the heaven and the earth. You made man from the dust. Oh, Lord, you know. Can these bones live? I stopped by here today to let you know, yes, they can. Not within and of yourself, but you have to give your life over to Christ. I like what transpired in these here other verses 
Because in verse 5 it says, Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. O dry bones, you shall live. Not because of anything that you have done, but because I'm going to breathe into you the breath of life. He lets us know that he was going to take out that old hardened heart that they had and replace it with a new heart. God can't use that old, old stony heart. He don't need no coward soldiers on his program. He wants to know, will you stand up and let the world know? He wants to know, will you rejoice in me? Will you keep me as the one in your life? Will you worship me in spirit and also in truth? God specializes in all things. And there's nothing that God cannot do. And as he began to put the sinews on them and the flesh upon them and cover them with skin and put breath in them, and, and it says, you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord God. Isn't it a good thing to know? We didn't do this by ourselves. There's nothing that we've done to inherit eternal life. Eternal life is in Christ. Well, you don't have to buy it. So you don't have to go out there and take out a loan. You don't have to tap into your 401k. You don't, it's not on your own merits whatsoever. You have to confess with your mouth, believe down in your heart that Jesus Christ saves. To the up, I know that he saves. If he did it back then in Israel's days, won't he do it again today? We're living in a world that it seems to be very dry. We're living in a world to where people have, are trying all kinds of things. Where's God's children at where they can give them some hope? Where are you at? To where we can share the word of God with them. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that, that, Jesus, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Where are you at? Are you still out there in that valley? Has all the life been taken out of you? If that's where you're at, there's a revival about to take place down in that valley. We need a revival today. We need to be revived today. And the only way that we can get revived is allow Christ to come into our life because he makes a difference. If you're tired of your situation and your circumstances, turn it over to Jesus. If your husband or your wife are acting crazy, turn them over to Jesus. If your children act like they have lost their last mind, turn them over to Jesus. If turning them over to Jesus, I'm asking you to turn yourself over to Jesus. Quit talking about those because they don't have the things that you have. Speak life unto them. Prophesy unto them. Let them know that it's all about Christ. It's not about them at all. There's a revival that needs to take place in our land. A Holy Ghost revival needs to take place in our land today. I'm sick and I'm tired of hearing people, homosexuality, it's okay. No, it is not. 
We need a revival in our land today. That's not the way that they were even created. We were created in the image of God. We were created to worship him in spirit and in truth. Quit letting these things start and create a blockage in your life. Say, oh, it's okay. No, it's not. If you don't like me, that's all right. No, it's not because I got the answer to God for what I say. It ain't okay. And I stand against it in the name of Jesus because I know something, that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He wants to be first in your life, not second, not third. But guess what? He gives us another opportunity. You may have messed up before, but you have another opportunity. You can get it right right now. You can get it right right now. No matter what you may have done, you can get it right right now because he casts those things that we have done that has been wrong unto God. He casts them into the sea of forgetfulness. You can get it right right now. You have an opportunity. You have an opportunity. We need to worship him. We need to let him know that he is our father. The only one. The wise one. People have been preaching the word for a long period of time. And you know what? We need to let it be known whose side we are on. We need to let it be known whose side we are on. The world will let you know what side they're on. Look at our schools when they have taken prayer out. They're letting them know what side they're on. They're talking about taking in God we trust off the dollar bill. They're letting you know what side they're on. Who do you trust in? Who can keep you in perfect peace? Who can give you that peace that passes all understanding? I don't quite understand everything, but he gives me a peace that will pass all understanding. Whose side are you on? Who do you trust in? It says, indeed, I looked in the sinews and the flesh fell upon them and the skin covered over them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds. Come from every side. Come from all over the place. Lord God, we need you down here. We're down in the valley. Lord God, he's saying, talk to the winds and, and prophesy to the winds to breathe into these dry bones. Breathe into them. It was at that time, as God began to breathe into them, that the bones began to come back together. There was a rattling down in the valley. So there was like a revival in my mind down in the valley. There was a coming together down in the valley because of what God has done. If God has been good to you, you need to testify. You need to let the world know who you are. There should be no shame in the God that you serve. He asked them to prophesy to the four winds because they had become very dry in your life. I don't know where you're at today, but maybe you have become very dry. 
But I know a God who sits high and looks low. I know a God that is, he's, he's a forever present God in a time of help. All we got to do is call on the name of Jesus. Things begin to happen when you call upon that name. There's no other name that I know. Is that the name of Jesus that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? Is that the name of Jesus that, 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 that healness comes into the body? Is that the name of Jesus that sickness can just leave? Because there's no place for sickness in the body when you call on the name of Jesus. When you truly call on the name of Jesus, there will be a revival in that dry land. If you call on the name of Jesus, families will start coming together if you call on the name of Jesus and be sincere about calling on his name for he's great I know call on that name of Jesus we need Jesus today we need more of Jesus the less of this whole world let the world go because this world is not my home I'm just passing by this is nothing but a dress rehearsal. If I can't get it together here, I'm not going to be able to make it over there. But I come to let you know there's something good about the name of Jesus. It's sweet, I know. Jesus' name is sweet, I know. He's been mighty good to me. He has brought me from a mighty long way. He's brought you from a mighty long way. Didn't he wake you up this morning? Didn't he start you on your way? My, my, my God, my God, we need to stand up and let it be known. We need to let it be known that there needs to be a revival in this land. Our children need to know who Jesus is. Our children, our friends, our co-workers, our bosses, they need to know who Jesus is. They need to know Jesus. What's his name? It's Jesus. What's his name? It's Jesus. He's sweet. He's sweet. He's sweet. He's real sweet. He's real, real, real sweet. Jesus is sweet. Jesus, he can look beyond all of your faults. He can, and he knows your needs. Jesus, call on that name. Call on that name. Call on that name. Mama can't do it. Daddy can't do it. Sister can't do it. Brothers can't do it. The preachers can't always do it. You got to call on the name of Jesus yourself. A revival down in the valley. When you've gotten to that place in your life and you think that there's no more hope, Jesus is waiting. I'm reminded of the, the prodigal son. The prodigal son took all that he had and he decided to leave. He went out there and spent all that he had on righteous living. But he realized something. He came, to, he came into his right mind. That back home, they were doing and eating better than what he was. Jesus is standing there right now with his arms stretched out. As the prodigal son made his way back home, it tells me that his father ran out and kissed him and put a ring upon his finger. And he had told him to kill the fatted calf and he had made a buffet he wanted to celebrate. You know, we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate who Jesus is because he's real. Jesus is real. 
Jesus is real. I don't care what people may say. Jesus is real. He's real to me. I don't know about you, but he's real to me. I don't, I don't mind letting the world know that Jesus is real. So as Ezekiel went out there to the streets and he began to, to preach out to, to the streets, we need to do the same thing. We need to let this world know that Jesus is real. He's the only answer. He's the reason for the season. Jesus is real. Jesus is real. I thank you. I thank you. And I just really want you to know that my God is real. My God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God. My everlasting Father. My Prince of Peace. My joy when I'm sorrow. My hope for tomorrow. My God, my God. He sent his only son, Jesus to die on the cross. I take that personal because he did that for me. I know that he did it for you, but he, he did that for I take that personal. He died on the cross that I will have a right to that tree of life, that I will be able to stand and proclaim his word and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My God, my God, my God, my God. I just pray that if you don't know who he is, that you will come to know who he is. I, would, I just pray that you don't drift too far away. Did you begin to find your way back home? The doors of the church is open.